Hello, and welcome to this edition of the Matt Adams Podcast, coming to you semi-live from the southeast side of Indianapolis, Indiana. I'm your host, Matt Adams, and joining me, as usual, my co-pilot, special correspondent, Ann Adams. Hello, everyone. Well, and I, I guess we'll start the podcast off a little bit with uh, some some breaking uh, Howard news. Uh, that's our little dog, our little chihuahua, Dachshund or Chewini, and who I love. I know that everyone just loves hearing about. Were those kind of pet parents? We, we, that, we have turned into those those people. Those pet parents that just annoy you with every little story about their dog. I'm sorry, you can fast forward through this part. I'm sure Matt yeah. will probably put the timing in the uh, time codes in the description. Yes, so, so feel free fast to forward. fast forward. We will not hold it against you. Uh, but Howard, uh, we we. It's, it's a good news, bad news situation. The good news is uh, we did get out of town and got to visit my parents in Williamsburg, Indiana, which is about an hour away, uh, although we took US-40 because I-70 is a disaster right now. So, it was a beautiful drive. So, but it takes about an hour and 40 yeah, uh, to, to get longer. there. But they're not that far away. We hadn't visited them for a while uh, due to the pandemic. So uh, it was good that we got to see them. We got to see our niece and nephew. I got to see my brother and my sister-in-law. Uh, but we left, uh, had to leave Howard at daycare and put him in a kennel because there was no way, overnight, because there was no way we were going to be able to get home in time to pick him up. They close at 6. It would have been a really short visit. Yeah, so, COVID hours have made yeah. things a little bit and, and shorter. And even if they had uh, stayed open till their regular time of 7, it still, it still would have been, been pretty it, short. I think. Yeah. And, um, so anyway, we got Howard back, and uh, he was fine for a couple of days, and then we noticed, what was it, Thursday that we noticed that he yeah, was, was like Wednesday night, Thursday, really he had a really bad, like... Really bad cough. Wednesday he coughed a little, but I thought it was allergies. Yeah, and Howard has some allergies. allergies, and sometimes he does but the reverse Thursday. sneezing stuff, and... We thought maybe a little bit of drill, he'd, he'd be okay. But, but Thursday this, was the hacking cough yeah, that you uh, had experienced. Just a continuous hacking cough. And as a matter of fact, just jokingly, I refer to him, for those Seinfeld fans out there, I refer to him as Smuckers, <laughs> uh, which refers to an episode in which Kramer has a really bad cough. He meets a dog with a bad cough named Smuckers. And then Kramer uses, because Kramer doesn't want to go see a doctor, he goes and uses Smuckers' uh, cough. And medicine. just for the record, unlike Smuckers, Howard does not drink out of the toilet. No, Howard Howard does not drink out of the toilet. Yeah, Thank he goodness. can't reach it. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, who knows? No, he's curious, so it's possible. But, um, so anyway, we... Uh, they had flyers up at the at the daycare that that uh, kennel cough had been going around, and so we were concerned that if the cough continued, that maybe we would need to get him into the vet. So it got a little bit better in the afternoon, and then when the evening came again, he started coughing really bad. And then uh, while Ann was getting ready for work for uh, Friday morning, she called me, and I could hear him in the background just coughing and coughing and coughing. Poor so guy. Um, he sounded awful. So we uh, were able to get him to the vet on Friday. They looked at him. Uh, they looked at his lungs. They said, you know, things look good, but it looks and sounds like it's kennel cough. So uh, they gave him some cough medicine and an antibiotic. Mm -hmm. And um, he is kind of uh, just kind of in recovery mode right now. He's yeah. energetic, but not as energetic as he thinks he is, I think. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he... We, he's coughed a little bit today, but the medication has definitely helped. Yes, for sure. And for those of you that aren't aware of kennel cough, it's basically like a dog's version of a really, really, really severe cold. Um, and it can develop into pneumonia, especially in older dogs that might have 
problems with like their respiratory or, you know, their heart. Uh, Howard is eight. So usually kennel cough can resolve on its own. It's sort of like the common cold, you know, you drink fluids, you just make sure you get rest. And yeah, you do cough a lot. But with dogs, you know, it's really sad because poor little Howard, he is just, he's still himself, but he just, you can tell that it just takes a lot out of him to just be hacking all the time. And yeah. With his age being eight, I thought, well, we don't want to take any chances with him getting sick, sick. And he'd been pretty good. Um, this morning when he got up, he was pretty good. We gave him mm-hmm. his medicine and he was good for several hours. We got up early this morning to get Ann's car in for an oil change. And when Ann got home about 1.30 or so, right before she got home, um, his medicine had kind of worn off. And he, the, the cough started really bad again. Yeah. So we took him, we went to pick up Ann's car and got some lunch and uh, he was coughing, but we gave him his medicine again and he's not doing that hacking cough right now. So Yeah, so just be aware if you live within the city limits or at least especially on the southeast side of Indianapolis, apparently kennel cough is going around. So if you take your dog to a kennel, to a daycare, a vet's office, you can also, they can pick it up at a groomer, anywhere where there's contact where dogs can spread it to other dogs. Um, Sometimes, like I've been washing my hands a lot because sometimes people can spread it to other dogs too. Um, If you've been caught in contact with your dog and then you pet or are in contact with another dog and there's still dander or saliva from your dog, it can get on another dog. So, I mean, that's pretty rare, but it can happen. It could happen. You got to be, it's sort of like a vigilant of your babies. A a little doggy pandemic. If we could give him a little mask, we would let him. They do have little doggy masks. Howard wouldn't wear it. I mean, we can barely get him to wear his taco costume. Yeah, we can't get. But. but so anyway, uh, we're just uh, keeping an eye on him. And they said that with the medication that he should clear up in 24 to 72 hours. And then after his cough goes away, he can't be around another other dogs for two weeks. So yeah. Howard's about two and a half, three weeks away from being able Poor to little see Howie. other dogs. I know we've been taking walks in our neighborhood and we've had to kind of pick him up and get over because we don't want him to, you know, run over and, and meet other dogs because, you know, obviously we don't want to get any other dogs sick. And, um, but it makes us look like these terrible hermits that don't want our dog to socialize. But we have to tell people, it's kennel cough. I'm sorry. Well, and and the thing is, dogs are vaccinated against this. Yes. But it's kind of like a flu vaccine and that sometimes a a different strain becomes dominant. Mm -hmm. And that's the one that goes around. And that that appears to be the case here because we just had them vaccinated not that long ago for this. And the vet told me that Bordetella, which is the common... Um, the common back, you know, one that causes kennel cough, the common strain is the one that they always do. Cause I think that's probably the most severe, but, um, there are different strains, you know, depending on the weather, depending on the seasons, kind of like you said, like the flu and it can just go around and dogs can just pick it up from And like everywhere. flu or coronavirus, it'll affect different breeds and different ways yes. and different levels of severity and, and stuff. So anyway, just be careful if you got your dog out there, you're taking them to a kennel and stuff, be aware. You know, it's not that you can't ever board them or whatever, but just no, be, but be just aware, know. you know, if you do uh, and they start coughing, in a, you know, in a few days, then, you know, you probably need to make sure to take your dog to the vet. And um, they're pretty sure that we got it early on on Howard. So, you know, he didn't have any uh, real, really bad problems, they didn't mm-hmm. think. So because we noticed it Thursday and we got him into the vet Friday. So 
you know, we were we were a little concerned. But uh, yeah, he's our he's our little boy, and you know, he's we want him to to do well, and he seems to be doing all right. So yeah. if you if you hear any hacking during the show, though, that's what um, you know. We're hoping that maybe for the next hour or so, he can just kind of take a little nap and relax <laughs> as he struggles to keep his eyes Aww. open. But and speaking of the vet, Willie gets to go for his one year checkup next week, and oh, I bet okay. he is very excited. Willie, our turtle, has we take him yearly. He's eighteen, and. Um, we take him yearly to get his uh, little physical, and he loves. Oh my gosh, he loves going to the vet. He loves it. He turtles loves, are weird. He what loves. Can we say? Well, he loves seeing people. Not all turtles are like I mean, that. Actually, Howard He's doesn't very, have any problems with the vet either. To be perfectly no, honest, no. he likes them. He had um, Willie is a very social turtle. Like he really likes people a lot, and um, yeah, I mean he doesn't. Unlike some turtles, he doesn't try to bite you. He doesn't even try to bite Which they the were vet, surprised which by. Which they were both, very surprised both by. Both Lenny and Willie when we took them, because they go to the same mm-hmm. the same vet for exotic animals, and neither of them tried to bite the vet. And they yeah. were surprised, because they say usually when we have reptiles in, yeah. they are going to get a bite. Especially when they try to open, because they have to open their mouth to look in, and sometimes they don't like that. And But both of my boys are really good. I've actually been working with Willie to open his mouth. Yeah, it's, it's funny. And can... Hold him and hold her hand up and go, open, and Willie will open his mouth. <laughs> that is a smart turtle. I know. He is such a smart little thing. Oh, he's such a treat. I just love him to death. But, yeah, he he, he and Lenny are definitely more mellow and more low-maintenance than King Howard. Howard. Oh, goodness, yes. Howard is like having a three-year-old. And we just time. don't, I mean, we, we're, it's not that we don't like Lenny, uh, but we, he's just so low maintenance and he's just so chill about everything. Well, Matt will tell you sometimes, you know, he'll just want to chill in his house at night. Mm-hmm. And if I don't see him for a couple of days, because sometimes he'll come out super late at night. And if I don't see him for a couple of days, I will go in there and when I change his food and water every night, I will lift up his house and be like, Lenny, are you okay? Because I worry that he's not okay, you know. Because sometimes he's active between like 2 a.m. and Mm -hmm. 7 a.m. and um, we're we're not up. Yeah. You know, so... So anyway, that's that's your pet update, and if you want to, <laughs> hopefully, if, if you have forwarded past that, then yes. we'll talk about our next topic, which is a fulfillment of the childhood dream uh, of every kid who grew up in the 80s and 90s, and that is to own your own arcade machine, oh, and I yes. have an arcade cabinet, and I am so happy about Matt it. Matt has been talking about this arcade cabinet that, was it Walmart and Sam's Club were selling? Yeah, yep. And he was, like, showing me pictures. He was, like, a little kid with a Christmas catalog. He was, like, look at this. It does this, and it has this, and you can load this. And I'm just, like, oh, okay. Okay. I mean, I'm one of those people that I'm, like, honey, if you want it, you deserve it. You should get it. And he keeps, he kept dragging his feet thinking, oh, I don't want to spend that kind of money. So last year, I think we've been, he'd been wanting to do this for, like, a year at least. And... Right around Thanksgiving, everybody was like, what do you want for Christmas? And Matt's like, I want gift cards to Walmart. And everybody, and everybody was like, what? Because Matt, the, Matt and we I don't are not. Shop at we Walmart don't shop a lot. at Walmart. We really don't. No, I mean, we're Target and Meyer and Kroger shoppers primarily. Yeah, we don't really shop at Walmart. And so the when he said Walmart gift cards, everybody was like, oh, what? okay. So, but you did get some Walmart gift cards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you were able to put that toward, but finally he pulled the trigger. I did. Well. And I'm it, glad he did. It's, um. 
it's an at games product which if you're like at games why are you buying stuff from them they they've made clone consoles for several years and they've been officially licensed but like their sega genesis stuff is laughable um, really? Yeah, they always have bad emulation on these things um, for the Sega Genesis stuff. Um, they cleaned it up a little bit. Their most recent Sega Genesis wasn't too bad, but uh, the, the Genesis audio is very difficult to emulate. And um, so these systems had a lot of problems with that, and some of the games didn't run well, like speed wise and stuff, because the Genesis, every game's going to have some slowdown. Um, certain games, but some games should not, uh, and and they were. So at, my point is, at games didn't have a very good reputation. Mm. That said, they put out the at games Legends Ultimate, which is an arcade machine, a multi-cade with a bunch of officially licensed games on it. It's got a control deck with two arcade controls on it. It's got two spinners. It's got a trackball, like a 27-inch monitor on it. Wow. And... Um, this product surprised everybody because it was actually good and very, very good. I mean, if you go over and, and listen to, I watch a lot of YouTubers and video games and retro games. And I mean, it's not a perfect product. I don't think anything's perfect, but it's really, really good. The build quality is good. Um, it's a full size arcade machine, which um, you've probably seen the at arcade one ups. Mm-hmm. And then they have a lot of officially licensed, and they'll have like a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the arcade game cabinet, and it'll have like three Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles games on it, and a four-player four control deck and things like that. But those are three-quarter scale arcade machines, so they're really, they're really tiny. They're really low to the ground. You'd have to sit in the chair to play them uh, by default, unless you were a little kid, and... Even then, uh, even when you put a riser, because some of them have risers and you can buy risers for them to bring them up a little bit higher, there's still a thing that I would have to hunch over to play. And they usually only have a handful of games on them. There is one that has like eight games on it, but you, that, that's that's all you've got. The thing that attracted me to the at games Legends Ultimate is um, it comes with about 300 preloaded games, which is good. There's some good stuff on there. There's some console games. There's some arcade games. There's, like, Asteroids and Space Invaders and Missile Command and Burger Time, which is very important yes. to my family, is on there um, automatically. It's got the Super Star Wars games from the Super Nintendo. It's got Aladdin and The Lion King, and I think they, they got those it's games. bowling. And it's bowling. But, but we, we'll get to that. I'm talking about the games that are preloaded oh. that came with the cabinet. Well, you were just, I didn't know that. I yes. thought you were just naming off games, and I was just so excited to throw bowling in there. Well, and we'll, we'll get to that in, in <laughs> just a minute. So I'll anyway, sit over here. It, it's got all those multiple games on them, which is great. It's got something called ArcadeNet, which has some different Neo Geo games and stuff on it that you can play, but you stream them from their servers, and you also have to pay for that service, which I'm not interested in. What's also great is it's got an HDMI in, and it's got two USB ports, and if you go to the special places on the internet where you can find arcade ROMs, you can load your own games on it and play them on the arcade machine, which expands the horizons greatly. Um, I think they got a lot of the Disney games just because they want the side art to make it look attractive. So sure. you've got the Lion King and Aladdin and Star Wars and stuff on it. You can put Darth Vader's image on the side of your arcade cabinet. Uh, but to be perfectly honest, the preloaded, pre preloaded games, why it's not a terrible assortment, 
There's a lot of Atari 2600 games on there. I didn't have an Atari 2600. I'm not attached to that system. I'm sure there's some good games in there, but they don't really excite me. Um, having the Super Star Wars trilogy is kind of cool because I had didn't have a Super Nintendo, so I never played those games um, on the Super NES because I didn't have one. They never came to Sega because I was a Sega kid. And... Um, there's a, there's a decent assortment, and I'm sure there's some really good hidden gems in there, but the fact that you can put your own arcade ROMs really expands things. So you can get Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the arcade game. You can get Turtles in Time, Mortal Kombat, Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat 2. Um, there was a G.I. Joe arcade game that they released in the 90s from Konami. I never got to play that. Um, I didn't even really know it ex existed until a few years ago, and, you know, I'm a huge G.I. Joe fan, so I've got that on there, and I can play it. You can get NBA Jam on there, NBA Hang Time, and world-class bowling, which is very important. Um, now, I didn't ever play world-class bowling when it was in arcades. Didn't really even know it existed, but it was one of those things. I thought, eh, it'd be kind of fun to have a, a bowling game on uh, the arcade machine. And Ann and I were, I wouldn't say we're obsessed with it, but uh, it's fun. It Tell, is fun. We, we played it uh, last week, and um, what's neat about it is you use the trackball. To, to do the bowling. So you're not just lining something up and pressing buttons. It feels kind of like you're kind of bowling a little bit. And so we got fun. to have Friday night bowling and we didn't even have to leave our house. Yeah, and it was it was it was so much fun. It was fun. And uh, th there's a lot of functions of the arcade cabinet. Um, the Sam's Club and, and part of the reason I've wanted this since it launched last year, but I kind of wanted to wait to see if the reviews were good. The reviews ended up being pretty good on it, and the problem is it's been very difficult to get. Um, it sells out. Usually when it's available in stock, within a couple hours it'll sell out. So I put an in-stock alert on this on the Walmart website, and... Um, you know, I'd get an email that say, said the arcade was in stock, and then I would go to the website to check the stock, and they would be sold out. And it would just happen all the time. It happened three or four times. I got emails from Walmart saying the arcade was in stock. I would go. It would be out of stock. I'd go and check Sam's Club. It would, there's a website called, I forget what the website's called, but it tracks the stock of the arcade machine when it's in and out of stock and stuff. And really, at the end of August and the beginning of September, it started to be somewhat consistently in stock. But it would be in stock for a couple hours. They would sell out their stock in a couple hours. And so it was hard to get. And I just happened to one day check. And I've been sitting on these gift cards that I got for Christmas. I just happened to be on there one day and check. And it was in stock at Sam's Club. And I'm just like, you know, you've waited for this a really long time. It's been in stock really sporadically since March. I mean, pandemic has probably not helped, I'm sure. And so I went ahead and put an order on one. And there's a story to go with that, unfortunately. After it shipped, I noticed in the email that I had put my address in wrong. I'd gotten the, the house number wrong on there. Yes, I flipped a couple oh of numbers. And so I'm thinking, oh, crap. I finally got this thing. I got it ordered. I've paid for it. And now it's not going to go to the right house or whatever. So I did what or I thought. Some 60-year-old man in our neighborhood is going to be it playing like, it. <laughs> it's like, oh, great. I got this free arcade machine. This is great. But I, so I called Sam, or I got on the online chat with Sam's Club to see what I could do about it. And they said, well, you just need to call FedEx. There's nothing we can do about it because FedEx is now, uh, we've put the order over to FedEx. And now they're the ones who have to make a change to that. I said, okay. So I called FedEx, and I stayed on the phone with them on hold for like an hour. 
and talked to FedEx and explained the problem. And they said, well, there's really nothing that we can do because you're not the authorized shipper of the package. The authorized shipper is Sam's Club. So they have to call us and override the shipping order so that we can change the address. So I got back onto the Sam's Club chat. Uh, they directed me to an on-the-phone representative, so I talked to them. And uh, I explained what the problem was, and so they said, "Okay, well, we'll call we'll call FedEx, and see if we can get the house number changed, and um, so that we can have the address correct, and it'll it'll get to you." Okay, again, this is my mistake, and I I realize that, but I think it should be something that should not be too difficult to fix with computers and technology that we have. So they called FedEx a couple of times. I mean, I actually called a representative from Sam's Club. They said that they would call me back and they actually did call me back. So they tried to help me with this problem and they were told by uh they were told by FedEx that was just Ann touching her microphone like she Sorry, should. I I I moved my hand and I I'm not yeah. a, I don't have spatial We need awareness. to get her like a hands-free like Sorry. tie her hands behind her back or something. <laughs> Um, so I, the Sam's Club person told me that they talked to FedEx, they talked to like three different people from FedEx, and they told them that they needed authorization from the person who had ordered the cabinet to be able to change the address. The Sam's Club <laughs> was not the ones who were able it's to like, change the address. It's like, who's on first? Exactly. Like well, three if, stooges. if Sam's Club can't change it, and FedEx can't change it, and I can't change it, then I guess it can't be changed. Oh, my gosh. So we only had one other option. Now, keep in mind, this has been a product that has been in and out of stock. It's been very hard to find, and I was f excited because I finally found it in stock. You finally clicked fast enough to beat finally cl somebody else out there, there that wanted it. And uh, because after I ordered it, it sold out. And they told me that the best solution for this was just cancel the order and order a new one. <laughs> And I explained to them, I said, well, that's great, but there's a problem in that this has been a high-demand product that has been in and out and in and out of stock that always sells out. It's currently sold out. So if I cancel my order now and try to order a new one, I'm not going to be able to do that because it's out of stock. And um, they said, well, that's the only thing we can do. So... I said, okay, I mean, if that's the only thing we can do with all of our multi-billion dollar computer systems that run logistics for Sam's Club and FedEx is to give up and ship it back, then give up and ship it back. And um, so they did that, and I was fortunate that uh, probably an hour after I talked to them on the phone, uh, the arcade machine came back and stocked the Sam's Club. I triple-checked the address on it to make sure it was the right address, and I didn't screw it up this time. And it did arrive rather quickly. And then we were afraid because I had not received any sort of confirmation on a cancellation of the other order. I was afraid that like two days after the other, the new one that shipped that reached here, that we were gonna get a second arcade machine and I'd have to take it to a Sam's Club and return it. Mm -hmm. But thankfully they did reimburse me for that other machine. They reimbursed me for the gift cards that I used to buy that machine. So now I have like, you know, a couple hundred bucks to spend at Sam's Club because I obviously couldn't use those gift cards that were tied up in the other order for the order for the new arcade machine. So it was a little bit of an aggravation, but I got it. I put it together. It's pretty much like putting an Ikea, a piece of Ikea furniture together. Uh, the nice thing is the top monitor part is all assembled. All you have to do is build the base 
And, yeah, it probably would take someone competent about 15 minutes. So I was very impressed, though. It, it how took me you about put 45 to- minutes. I was impressed how you put it together, though. It was really good. I had read, too, that um, now I didn't realize at, this, at the time, but there's a couple different. This is version 1.1 of the arcade cabinet. It has a little more stability in the base than the original unit because I had read that the other units were very top-heavy. And they said that if especially, and it comes with mounting for the top to mm. the wall, and they had said they had highly recommended on those original units that if you're going to, especially if you're going to put it on carpet, that you should use that back mounting and mount it to the, I think, is there a motorcycle running yeah, through the neighborhood? Yeah, I was going to say there's some Fast and Furious thing going on in our neighborhood. So if you hear some... Some car or motorcycle <laughs> accelerating. That's what it is. Someone literally is driving by. Like, this is the second one that's driven by our house in the span of just a few minutes. So. I don't know what's going on. I um, wonder if it's the guy on. across the street with the high-performance bike that oh, he was it assembling. Could be. could be. Howard was not a fan of that high-performance no, bike. No, no, he was not. No. But, um, so anyway, we, we got it. I put it together. Uh, and it's very sturdy, and mm-hmm. we've got it. I was going to put it in the spare room here where we have our podcast uh, set up, and Anne's like, "Well, the the place we're going to put it is currently stacked with a bunch of books that would be very heavy to move." And Anne had said, "To uh, oh, Howard is did he hear uh, the motorcycles too? I think he hears yeah. the motorcycles. Uh, there's a barking little dog that is uh, concerned about something." <laughs> So, uh, you never know what's going to happen on the podcast. No, nope, you never know. It's but unpredictable. It, it's solid, and now it's in the man cave, sort of the... It's not the living room of the house, but that's where we spend the primary amount of our time. So, you're going to go check on Howie? Yeah, I'll be right back. That's cool. And uh, But I am so excited to have the, the cabinet here, and I've always wanted an arcade machine. It's one of those things that you always thought was kind of out of reach. The, the vintage ones, you know, they're a few thousand dollars. And the arcade one-ups are nice, but, you know, and I, I can definitely see if you've got a ton of space. Now, I live in a condo, so it's not huge. I can see if you have a ton of space, uh, a big room or a big, like, basement that's finished or something like that. You could get a bunch of those arcade one-ups and line them up and kind of make your own little, you know, arcade room set up like something that you would have seen in the 80s or 90s. But I'm really not interested in doing that. So I really wanted the At Games Legends arcade machine and I'm very happy, and I've got a bunch of arcade games. You can customize it. It's internet-connected. They added a pinball feature to it, so you can play pinball games. I haven't quite um, had... I haven't had... I've had trouble getting that uh, function to work, so I'm going to have to go back to the drawing board on that. And then I think one of my favorite things is that you can do... If you've ever watched, you know, an arcade machine when it's inactive, when there's nobody on the arcade machine, it'll play little clips from the machine and it'll say insert coin and stuff like that. Well, you can customize. They have a, a default attract mode, which it basically just shows a screenshot from each of the games on the arcade machine. You can also develop your own MP4 uh, video version of attract mode, which I did. And I put, like, the attract mode from Mortal Kombat, Mortal Kombat 2, NBA Jam. I think I put Burger Time on there, the G.I. Joe arcade game, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the arcade game. And then there's a little interstitial uh, that has a picture of me and most played games, and it plays out this list of most played games. 
the thing lasts about 20 minutes and then it cycles back again and I just think that's so cool if you just got the arcade machine on after about three minutes of sitting idle it plays this attract mode just like it would in an arcade tells you to insert coin and stuff I just I think it's so cool <laughs> I'm such a geek such a dork I with feel that. like when I sat down on the stool while you were talking and I felt like going we're back <laughs> <laughs> yeah I was just trying to fill time while Ian checked in on Howard that's okay Howard wanted me to open the front door so he could make sure that there weren't any scary motorcycles people out there and then i shut the door and he was like okay and he just trotted back in here he's a good guard dog man he is sweet but um you know i foresee having quite a bit of fun with the arcade cabinets and at some point maybe we'll actually have people over at some point yeah and um i I did i told my mom about this and i showed her you know i said hey i got an arcade machine i think she was like okay yeah yeah sure you got an arcade machine then i texted her a picture i'm like when i said i had an arcade machine in the living room i meant i had an arcade machine in the (laughs) living room and she's like that is an arcade machine in the living room i know and i told my mom but i don't think she's figured out that it's a real arcade machine they they haven't they haven't been over yet um that's i I think your dad would like it though i think he'd find some fun with that he'd love the bowling game and he'd love frogger yeah frogger's on there yeah yeah, he would love it. I got Frogger. I've got Donkey Kong. He may come. You know how he always comes and visits us on Sunday. This was before the coronavirus, but my dad would be out. You know, he likes to go for a little Sunday drive, and this was before he was golfing. He did start golfing. Yeah, golfing on Sundays. But lately. he would uh, come over and see us on Sunday. You know, he'd go get a cup of coffee at Speedway, and then he'd come over and visit us. And this would be the kind of thing that he would come over, and he would literally stay for like three or four hours, be just playing. The- my mom's like, "Where are you at, Dean?" And he'd be like. I'm just playing with the arcade machine. <laughs> they had a problem at their house that I was checking <laughs> I with was the wiring area. checking their Marianne. freezer, uh, <laughs> checking their lighting, uh, checking their fuse box. <laughs> but yeah, I am so stoked yeah. about it. And uh, there's a couple other features that it has. You can stream games from like if you have a Steam account, you can stream that. Um, I think our upload speed through our internet here at home is crap. So that feature, while it worked well for some of the people in the YouTube videos and stuff, they must have better internet connections than we do here at mm-hmm. home. Because, or maybe, well, the computers are powerful enough. It's not a, it's not a brand new computer, but it's it's got a good GP, a decent GPU and a decent CPU. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's internet speed. That's uh, I tried to do it and it just it doesn't work well, mm-hmm. but. I thought it'd be kind of fun to play things like Episode 1 Racer and things like that. And uh, the other thing that's nice is kind of HDMI in. So if you have like a Sega Genesis Mini or you have like a Raspberry Pi or something like that and you want to plug that into your machine as a secondary game playing device, you can do that and then you can just switch inputs and play that on the Even arcade Even though machine. you say, whenever you say Raspberry Pi, I always think, that makes me hungry, like Raspberry Pi. Does Even that... though I'm allergic to raspberries, yeah. I think raspberry pi i ooh. they're really cool single board computers and i don't think they taste very good yeah <laughs> what was the other one there's a raspberry pi and then a oh there's all kinds of them uh the one that i have is actually because i got snookered on a because i was dumb and got snookered into a retrocade uh, or an uh, arcade thing a few years ago that was a kickstarter pro- or an indiegogo project mm-hmm. and it runs on an orange pie <gasps> Okay, that's probably... But there, there's also a banana pie that, as well. And then there, there are all kinds, like... If, I remember the orange pie, I think. That's probably what I'm thinking. If you're interested at all in video game emulation, uh, this really isn't for you, but for anybody who might be listening, um, 
If you're interested in um, single board computers and video game em um, emulation, uh, check out a YouTube channel called ETA Prime. Uh, he does a bunch of stuff uh, with emulation and his really interesting stuff. But he, he was just reviewing another single board computer this morning that um, does a bunch of stuff, runs like Android 10 and, and runs some emulation. So um, the Arcade Legends Ultimate is really good, uh, solid construction. They do a lot of firmware updates on it. Um, it's not the most powerful um, chipset that's in there, so as far as emulation goes, you're pretty much limited to, to early MAME stuff through maybe the early 2000s, and I don't think it's going to do anything above, um, console-wise, I don't think it's going to do anything above, like, Sega Genesis Super Nintendo TurboGrafx-16. I don't think it's going to do PlayStation or N64, Sega Saturn, or anything above that. Um anything at that level or above because the chipset's just not powerful enough. Now, if they had powered it with like a Raspberry Pi chip, then it probably could do a little bit more, but it's it's that's not what I want it for anyway. I want to play arcade games, and I now have the capability to play arcade games, and now I, d I don't need anything for Christmas. I don't need a birthday present for like two years, you oh, know, because I got it. you're still going to get a Christmas gift. No, that was just a wonderful Matt being Matt gift. Well, and I did, you know, I I had the gift cards, and also I had to use some of those gift cards to buy a Sam's Club membership. <laughs> because you got a discount with the Sam's Club membership. <laughs> because you got a discount with the Sam's Club membership. Otherwise, nice. Otherwise, they they charged you almost double for shipping, and you had a fifty dollar handling so fee. So if anyone on needs to go to Sam's Club, uh, we have a membership apparently. Yeah, we've never set foot inside a Sam's Club, but I've got an arcade machine. So, <laughs> but no, we're I'm I'm very happy with it. Uh, Anne is a very tolerant woman who loves me very much and lets me do things like this on occasion. So. Yes. Oh my god. But you were like, because I was explaining it the other day before I bought it, and you're just like, just just, just buy, buy it. it. And then I don't have to hear about <laughs> it anymore. Like I'd rather like see it in person than you just sit there and explain it to me for like two hours and, just, and salivate over it. it and yeah, and, it's like just get it and look at the stock in and out. I'm like, oh, it's in stock, it's out of stock, it's in stock, it's out of stock. Oh my gosh! Now I, I will tell you this: uh, we're at, on it's October the 10th when we're recording this, and that machine has not been in stock since September the 30th at Walmart. Shut up. Now, throughout the month of September, it was frequently every other day it was in stock. Uh, Sam's Club it was in stock for several days in a row. And then it had a little span where they shipped some units to Walmart and it went back in stock there. But as of the recording of this this afternoon, um, they have not had any in stock since September the 30th. Mm. So I'm, I'm glad I got it. I finally got it. Um, the other thing. Oh, there we go. Another <laughs> motorcycle, another barking dog. Um, That's very unusual for him. Yeah. He doesn't usually bark. No, Howard is not a barker. Motor but he is not a fan of motorcycles. He does not like out. that. He uh, yeah, like I don't it. think he likes that. And if we have anybody who like passes us on a motorcycle or a moped, like when we're walking, he just goes crazy. He does. Like he, he, I don't know if he doesn't understand the man and the machine part. If it freaks him out that this guy is like running around on wheels, or I, I don't know what it is. But mm. He's not. Not a fan. So if you hear a little barking during the podcast, it's because of the high-pitched sound of a motorcycle, and uh, Howard is not a fan. So Yeah. But, yeah, uh, that's, I mean, we'll be playing a lot of the um, Ultimate Legends, or Legends Ultimate, and we're going to be playing a lot of bowling. You, why don't you go check on, on Howard again? Howie, come here. But it, it was, um, yeah, it's one of those things, just getting it, 
out of stock and in stock, and it's something I've always, I've always, you know, if you grew up in the 80s or 90s, you know, you played, you know, video games and stuff, you just were always, something that I'd always wanted was to have, you know, one of those, and, and now I've got one, and it plays just about everything that, um, that I could ask for. So How- Howard's okay then? You went and checked on him? Yeah, he's fine. All right. You opened the door and let him look out and... We, yeah. ran, we went outside on the porch, and he looked under the fence, and I said, okay, let's go inside. And he was like, he just marched right back to the door. What's he doing, Goober? So, yeah, I was just looking through here at the uh, the in-stock alerts for this this website for the machine, and, you know, they, they had pretty, uh, it, was all, it was in stock almost every day in March, and then April hit. It was in a fair amount of April. May, it was only in stock for like one, two, three days in May. Oh, wow. Um, had some stock in June. Had some stock in July pretty consistently. And then after July 30th, the next time it was back in stock was August the 24th. So it went almost a month without being in stock. Um, then they had stock pretty consistently in September. Um, here and there, you could find it at Sam's Club or Walmart. And then, uh, but they would sell out. Like, just, just, I'm just going to go through a few of these entries really quickly. September 26th, in stock at 4.43 a.m., out of stock at 7.39 a.m. September the 26th, in stock at 10.15 p.m., out of stock at 11.42 p.m. I mean, wow. just, it's a, it's a high demand item. So that's why when they were like, oh, just return it and order another one, I was like, all right, well, let's turn to what we're kind of making our main topic of the podcast, although uh, Howard and the Arcade Machine have uh, dominated for a little bit here. But um, <laughs> sitting over here guarding me. Yeah, he wants to make sure you don't get hit by a motorcycle. I guess so. He's sitting on the floor over here by me, just and, guarding me and making sure. And um, the main topic we're going to talk about is... Do you think, Anne, that we're going to have any major U.S. releases in movie theaters before the end of the year? I would say it wouldn't surprise me if they threw out maybe like a kids movie or like a, you know, like a romantic comedy or something. But I wouldn't expect to see like any major films, um, like any big budget. The one that is still still on the schedule right now for December for Christmas is Wonder Woman 1984, which has already been pushed back a couple of times. Do you think that will make it into theaters? I was going to say, I don't think any of the superhero ones are going to are gonna fly because I think really, I think this coronavirus, I think it's going to be real bad until Christmas. Yeah, I, I don't agree. think we're going to see any kind of let up until next year at any time. Here, here in Indiana, just to give you context, the last two days in number of, to- number of positive cases, Indiana set records. It was like mm-hmm. 1,832 yesterday and 1,945 today. Uh, and unfortunately, there. Uh, we're seeing that trend at my workplace, too. We're Are seeing you seeing more COVID deaths uh, more, and works in the funeral business, as you and, probably know? Um, mostly they're people, still a lot of people, our parents' age, 50s, 60s, uh, early 70s, that are dying from coronavirus. Well, and that's what you get concerned about, because what they have said definitively over the last couple of months, what they've seen is that the virus is affecting people in their 20s and 30s, uh, college-age kids, and then also in high school age. And that's where you're getting the explosive number of cases. And now those kids tend not to get too sick from it, uh, but a lot of them end up being asymptomatic or they get mild symptoms. But the problem with that is 
then they get passed on to the people who are vulnerable, which is why, you know, we're reluctant to go out in public. We're reluctant to go out to movie theaters. It was even a little bit of a stretch for us to go visit my parents last weekend because you yeah. just don't know if you might have picked it up at the store and you're yeah. going to get somebody in a vulnerable population and get them sick and you just never yeah. would forgive yourself well, if that happened. Well, that's, that's one of the reasons why I have been very, like I haven't seen uh, my family. You know, I have some young nieces that live uh, pretty close by and um, I also, you know, we have your parents and my parents and you know, I have some older relatives, um, older friends. I have a lot of friends. I haven't been going to, um, I'm in the Eastern Star and the Daughters of the American Revolution, which a lot of them are middle-aged to, you know, older 80s, 90s uh, year old people. And so I haven't been, I've been doing all the Zoom meetings and stuff like that. I haven't been going to physical meetings because with my workplace, I don't know what I could pick up from Because Anne does deal with the public, and, right? Yes. Yeah. And a lot of times there are families that have had a family member that have died from COVID. And most of the time we take precautions not to handle those families until, you know, uh, the two week mark has passed. But you never know. Sometimes they don't always disclose. And we don't find That's out with the way the testing goes sometimes. We don't find out that the person was COVID positive until later. So, yeah, so it's been, um, so that's why I haven't really gotten out. I have been reluctant to really see a lot of people. Um, I've been sort of a hermit. <laughs> I've been keeping my, my circle close. And, and I want to, I want to be clear. It's, it's not like we're terrified of life or anything no, like that. and I'm it's, not scared of COVID. We're just trying to be responsible people. We're trying people. to be responsible people and not give it to people who didn't ask for it. Yeah, and that's that's exactly it. And I, I just wish more people took it from that standpoint. I mean, I was in car X today to get Ann's oil changed, and none of the employees and no one in the waiting room was even wearing masks. Mm -hmm. And then you look at your daily numbers here in Indiana, we're seeing caseloads and sizes that we've not seen before. Our positivity rate has yeah. gone up. Um, from 3.8% now to 5.2% in a week. Well, here in that's the state. understandable if it's just if like the mechanics who are out in the garage aren't wearing them. Yeah, but the, but the, the people, people at the cash the register desk, aren't wearing them. That's pretty. And that's no one in the surprising. waiting room was wearing them that was waiting I mean, for their cars. I mean, I have my own office, and I will say that I don't wear my mask while I'm sitting in my office. That but makes sense. That's, that's part of the I'm, guidelines. You can do that if you have your own office. I am in a room with more than, you know, myself. And, or I have to meet face to face with members of the public, obviously I'll wear a mask. Um, and I, I've never had a problem wearing a mask, but I can understand some people, it's not fun. It's no fun. I, I but, do it eight hours you know, a day at my job. And, and we're all getting, I sit at a computer so it's not strain. Uh, we're getting into month, what, seven? Uh, since March, so yeah, yeah. And I can understand people were hoping it'd be over, you know, four months ago. But it's not. I mean, I, I get it. I'm I'm exhausted by it too. But the fact is, it's not going away. It's a fact of our daily lives now. Well, but we're approaching holidays. We're approaching Christmas. People are getting antsy because they want to get out and they want to see their family. They want to do this. They want to do that. And honestly, I really expect it to get worse. I don't I see expect how it... it to get very. Very, very worse. I mean, our, our numbers are, we went to, we had a five-stage reopening plan, and then the governor made up a stage 4.5 to make it look like we were making progress without kind of fully reopening the state. And a couple weeks ago, they opened us up to stage 5. And I think that was a mistake. 
It and basically told everyone, oh, everything's fine. You know, and that people take that as... It's over. It's over. You don't have to wear your mask anymore. Yeah. And Now, the, the state's mask mandate, which is toothless, there's no enforcement yeah. penalty to it here in the state of Indiana. But uh, it remains in effect, and it remains through effect, in effect through the end of the month here. Um, and there's a lot of questions about whether that's going to be the case. And I think they're going to have to renew it mm-hmm. uh, again. But I think by moving state people into stage five, I think people were like, okay, uh, let's wrap it up. We're finished. The pandemic's over. And I, it was it was a bad move. It was an incorrect move. Yeah. And the numbers bear that out because we have seen uh, in the last uh, week and a half, we've seen three record-breaking days in the number of coronaviruses, uh, coronavirus cases in the state. And really what concerns me the most, not so much the number of cases, but it's the positivity rate that we mm-hmm. have seen has been uh, going up, and that is, the CDC says if you're, um, you know, if you're above, if you're above five percent, then you can't reopen, uh, or you shouldn't reopen fully. And now we're above five percent after being at three point. I would have thought back in June, like things were going pretty good here in Indiana. We had a few hundred cases uh, daily and stuff like that. But I thought we could reopen okay. But then we got into the July and August, and our case numbers were going up. Mm-hmm. And now we've just kind of seen this really high rate. And I know because I track them every day. It's part of my part of my job. So anyway, I don't see us going to a movie theater soon. And oh, I don't no. see any of these major releases going to the movie theaters because Warner Brothers had their strategy. They went ahead and released Tenet, or Tenet the, uh, the Christopher Nolan movie. And their plan was, well, yeah, we know we're not going to get the big opening weekend, but we're going to put it out in theaters. About 80% of them are open across the country. And uh, just we can make our money back over several weeks. You know, just we don't really do this anymore um, where a theater, a movie would stay in the theater for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and Mm -hmm. make money. But they thought they would do the slow bleed plan for Tenet. And it, it it hasn't worked because, I mean, even... I have some friends who've gone to the movie theaters, and they've been fine and everything, but I'm just not sure that I'm at the point where yeah, I want to do it's that. It's what your comfort level is. Now, my dad has said that he would definitely do what that Cinemark has, where yeah, you can buy out, your cool own, thing, yeah. buy out your own movie theater and watch a movie. Yeah, Cinemark, um, right now, um, between 90 and $150, depending on whether you know it's like an old release or a new release movie, you can split that up. Um, you can have up to 20 people in your theater, and you can rent it out yourself and have your own private movie theater screening. I would probably do that. That's pretty cool. See, and I think that would be worth it. Because you you can control your bubble yes, there that way. exactly. You can control your bubble. It can just be your family, mm-hmm. or and you don't have to worry about, you know, outside people you know, you giving it to them or them giving it to you. And, and yeah, you, you know, you can do social distancing. Social distancing is very important. But I think that sometimes, no matter how much you social distance, you still have to be precautionary. Yeah. So, you know, I don't think I would feel comfortable going to sitting in a public... I still get squirmish sitting in public seating. I just... With the coronavirus. Yeah. I mean, I wash my hands all the time when I'm at work between families. I mean, cause you never know. I mean, and I go every time we meet with somebody, I'm the one that sneaks in the conference room and wipes down the tables and the pens and everything. And I know that sounds crazy, but you know, 
Hey, I would rather do that than yes. be at some rose garden ceremony packed in with 300 people and then have a raging coronavirus pandemic oh. at the top echelon of government. Yeah, and that, you know, a lot of that, I will say, I'm just going to say this and leave it at that because we could open a whole can of worms. Yeah, but we could. I really feel like... You know, our leadership in this country has really been lacking with this coronavirus. It has been. has been. State and, you know, national government. And I really feel like there should have been a better plan. And, you know, it's just sad because the people that are the most vulnerable, I feel, are the ones that aren't taking the precautions that they should. I think so, because the person who is in the top of the pyramid has not been, uh, is is sort of a, in denial about the whole thing, not big on masking. I don't know who I'm talking about, President Trump. <laughs> and um, that's the thing. I mean, like, the, the corona, and we won't get into this for very much. I don't want to get into it. But, um, you know, if we had had a strong federal response in March and April, if people had been encouraged to not go and gather in large places, if we had been encouraged to wear a mask, if that behavior had been modeled by the people in charge, then we probably would not be where we are in the number of record number of cases and then our 200,000 plus deaths here in the country. And we're not saying that it would go away. It's not going to go away. But it would level off. Right now, it's not leveled off. No. It's basically just we're we're gone primed. Up. We're primed now for a resurgence that's as bad as it was at the beginning of mm, this thing. It's terrible. And and that's that's where our federal government, I feel, has failed us in the response. And, and you got some mixed messages from the CDC and stuff like that too. That did not help. And I do not blame President Trump. I want to I want to be very clear about this. He did not create the coronavirus. He's not. Yeah. It, it's not responsible for the coronavirus. But what he is responsible for and culpable for is the response to the coronavirus. And that has been something that they had direct control over. And they can talk about their travel ban to China that didn't wasn't really all that effective. It did save some lives. you got to give them credit for that, for, for doing some of those things. However, still thousands of people were able to come in from China after the, the, the virus had been detected well, there anyway. The because is, it wasn't really a travel ban. It was some restrictions on well, some people. Well, and you, a lot of people don't realize that people in Europe do more business in China than we do. Yeah, and, and, and we didn't do anything about European travelers for a long exactly. time. Exactly. And that's the, the very first outbreak that they had here was actually traced to uh, Europeans. Yes. So, I was going to say, because you're getting Londoners, for example, that are going to China, going back to London. Then they'll go to New York. And that's exactly it. They're like, oh, it's coming from China. Oh, my gosh, it's coming from China. Cut off all the Chinese travelers. But you're not... Cutting off, you know, it's, yeah, it's just like that. It's just like you're not seeing the whole picture here. You're just seeing that tiny, tiny little scope of what could be the problem. And and to be clear, no one enjoys wearing a mask. No one enjoys staying at home and not being able to hang out. But in order to protect the most vulnerable people among us, those are the responsible things that it's our civic duty to do, and we have done those things. And it's sad because doing this for other people shouldn't be a socialist idea. No, no it, it should shouldn't be. It should be a human idea. It shouldn't be a political spectrum deal that nope. it has somehow been made to whether or not you care enough about somebody else to wear a mask, and that is yeah. where, where we've gone. So anyway, back to movie theaters. Yes, back uh, to movies. Wonder Woman 1984, I am very skeptical as to whether we will actually see it launch in theaters i don't think so they're they're wanting to make a lot of money off that i mean i might see them break down and actually put it out 
I doubt it will happen, but they could probably put it out on a streaming service um, if they got really desperate and wanted to make money over the holidays when people are off on, you know, Christmas break and stuff. But I will think that they're going to push it back again. Uh, I can't. We'll have to see now. Patty Jenkins tweeted because there was a report out this week that they were going to just go straight to streaming on it, and she said that no, was not going to be the case. I can't imagine putting that, that they, big of a movie on. No, streaming. that's that's what a movie that they want in the theaters. The the superhero movies, a lot of them, they just want in the movie theaters because right. it's such a big deal. So, and, and this uh, is kind of a main topic this week because over the past week or so, we've had some major movies that have been pushed back. Um, Dune, which was supposed to come out in December 2020. If you've listened to the podcast the last couple of times, you know that I read the book. I've got a friend of work who's really into it. And I saw the trailer for it. I'm like, wow, that looks really, really and good. And Matt has been super bummed and, since and, they pushed and it so back. And so I got really into Dune and uh, read the book and everything and was really excited about it. And that got pushed back to, um, or it's supposed to be out in October or December this year. It got pushed back to October of next year. Um, Bond. Uh, no Time to Die, which was supposed to come out, has been pushed now to spring, April of 2021. And that was such a big blow to the theater industry that Regal, the parent company of Regal Cinemas, has shut their movie theaters down because Bond's not going to be coming out in November. Wow. So um, that got pushed back. Uh, we mentioned Wonder Woman 84. It had, Originally, they would have slated that for November of 2019, and then they decided that the June 2020 period would have been more lucrative for the movie, so they decided to put that out in June of 2020. And uh, now it's been pushed back until Christmas of this year, and I'm expecting another pushback yeah. on that. Either that or some sort of... Um, international release with a national release in the u.s with a hybrid strategy where it goes to theaters and then it quickly goes to streaming I not long after that. it's been at theaters yeah, i could see that too um jurassic world 3 was slated to come out uh next year it has been pushed back into 2022 they've had that production stopped a wow. few times uh, because somebody tests positive and they have to shut down production oh, for a couple of weeks. yeah but a lot of them are coming please that protect problem. sam neill and jeff goldblum and Oof. laura dern uh, the Matrix, uh, there is a sequel to The Matrix that, that is coming out. It was slated, um, I, I've got this wrong in my notes, it, it actually got moved up. Um, I think it was going to come out in 2022, and it's been moved up to Christmas of 2021. Uh, the Batman, with our good friend Robert Pattinson, um, has been slid back to 2022. It was supposed to be out in June of next year. Pixar Soul. Now, this is an interesting one. It's supposed to be out next month of this year. They pushed it back to June 2020, and then they announced this week that it's actually going to come to Disney Plus at the end of the year. Oh, wow. Well, I know that the one, the Batman, was pushed back because Robert Pattinson tested positive. That probably didn't help with the production mm. of everything, but there's so un so much uncertainty with theaters now, they've actually taken that off the schedule to 2022 wow. on that. Uh, Free Guy is also um, one of those things that was supposed to be out in July. This is a Ryan Reynolds movie. Uh, it's about a, a non-playable character in a video game who doesn't realize that he's in a video game. Yeah! It's really cute. They put a new trailer out for that this week. Uh, it is on for a December release still. So it's okay. another major release. I don't know what the budget for that one is. That's one that they might be able to release and, and make some of their money back on. I could see that like what I was talking about before. Like something just kind of... A comedy or just something that's not extremely lucrative right. that they're not planning on being extremely lucrative wouldn't have the budget of a wonder woman movie i wouldn't think that, yeah you know you could probably do that or tenant 
thing is, Tenet was such an expensive movie to make, yeah. and then you tried to do that slow go on the on the ticket. I don't think you're gonna. Well, you're gonna make and that unfortunately, money back. those kinds of movies are also very audience specific. Yes, it's not a. Like, uh, for example, Free Guy would attract a lot of different demographics, whereas Tenet would only, you know, get certain people. Um, Let's see. Uh, So anyway, it was pushed back. It was a July release now. Free Guy is supposed to come out in December. Sounds like they might actually do that, so it would be interesting to see. Uh, The Ghostbusters sequel should have already been out. It should have opened last month. Ghostbusters Afterlife now pushed back to March of next year. Uh, Morbius, which is part of the Sony universe of Spider-Man films or whatever it's called. Okay. Um, it starred Jared Leto, supposed to be out in July of this year, now pushed back to March. Uh, Fast and the Furious 9, been pushed back to 2021. A Quiet Place <laughs> 2 um, was supposed to be out in March yes. of this year. That that was... Quiet Place. It's a very quiet it's a quiet. Um, sorry, that's obligatory that we do that on this podcast. <laughs> um, it was supposed to be out in March, but that was right at the height of the pandemic, yes. obviously. It and that's did not one that released. people will actually want to see in the theater, because yeah. I think that's a cool movie. It's a cool experience. To, yeah. So that's definitely, I definitely think a lot of the hor- those horror suspense movies are definitely ones you want to see in the theater. And, and the budgets on those are not so huge. So, no. you know, if you can probably use that slow strategy to try to get them uh, back. Um, but it'll be out in April. Uh, Black Widow is, you know, the latest movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It was supposed to be out in April. Um, it got pushed back. Now it's in May of 2021. Um, there have been a lot of people who say they should just put that up on Disney+. Plus. Mm, and no. um, I don't think Mulan went particularly well for Disney. No. So I don't think that's something that they're going to do with one of their you know, big movies. And I really loved Mulan, but it's not, you know... Those kinds of movies, the big budget Disney movies and the superhero movies and stuff, like we said, those are ones that you want to see in the theater. It's just not the same. Like, it was great. I loved paying to see Mulan and it was nice, you know, because we've been hermits. So it's nice to actually see a new release movie. Um, But it's strange. You know what I mean? (laughs) It's just like really strange to actually watch something on my television and not in a movie theater. I, I really would have liked to see Mulan in the theater. So Yeah, I I think so too. But, you know, I think having people pay the Disney tax on that for Disney Plus, I think it was an experiment. I don't think it worked out for, well yeah, for them. Yeah, probably didn't. I think they should have done what they're doing with Soul and uh, just made that free to your subscribers and then put it on your, your pay services. If you wanted to buy it on iTunes or Voodoo or whatever, then you could do that. Um, so anyway, Black Widow, uh, another big budget movie. I don't think that they would be able mm. to release that just on home and be able to, to make their money back. Although a lot of people would want to see that because people mm. love the MCU. Uh, Venom 2, the sequel, which I think it's called Venom. There's going to be Carnage or something like that. You didn't see the original. You didn't miss much. Um, <laughs> that was supposed to be out this month. It's been pushed back to June of 2021. We, by this time, uh, Top Gun Maverick, the Top Gun sequel, sequel uh, should have been on streaming. Like, we should have been able to rent that mm-hmm. by now because it was supposed to come out in June of 2020, which means it would have been hitting home video release already by now. Uh, pushed back to July. I know my friend Kevin Shanks was very upset about that. 
Uh, Shang-Chi, which is another Marvel Cinematic Universe movie, is supposed to be out in February, uh, now pushed back to July of 20... Er, February 2021, to be clear, now pushed back to July 2021. The Eternals, which was supposed to be out next month, another MCU movie, now November 2021. Uh, and Anne, did you know that there was a West Side Story remake directed by Steven Spielberg? You had mentioned something about that, and I'm kind of excited about it because I love the original West Side Story with, uh, by Robert Weiss. Yeah, Robert Weiss, Franklin College's own. We're very sorry about killing him, Mr. Yeah, Weiss. Yeah, we, we talked about Robert Weiss a lot one year, and we're pretty sure that talking about him a lot probably killed him we didn't mean to we didn't mean to we, we didn't know what we were doing <laughs> that's one thing that franklin college is famous for we are famous for being one of the state of one of the few states in indiana to accept women the first uh, colleges in indiana to accept women we are also the uh college to uh the guy that invented the dorito chip went to franklin college and Robert Weiss went to Franklin That's College. That's right. Very proud. And also, also Rafael Sanchez from Rafael Channel 6 Sanchez. News. Also who, Matt. when he goes to the homecoming, has like a throng of yeah, people around like him. Celebrity. Like he's the mayor or something. Uh, also, Matt Adams and Ann Adams both graduated from Yes, Franklin although when College. we die and we give money to the university, it'll probably only pay for like a broom closet in our name. It won't pay for like a they'll classroom get, or a gym or something. They'll you know? get placemats for the dining hall. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> With our face on them. Uh, West Side Story is supposed to be out in December of this year. It's been pushed back a whole year to December 2021. Oh, wow. I want to live in America. Everybody in America. Okay, sorry. Um, <laughs> Doctor Strange 2 um, supposed to be out in uh, May of 2021. Oh, fun. Has now been pushed back to March of 2022. Now, not directly related to the Doctor Strange sequel, but related to uh, the Spider-Man 3 movie that will be coming out with Tom Holland. They announced this week. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch will be appearing in the third Spider-Man movie. That's cool. I'm glad. So that'll be kind of neat. They're crossing him over a little bit. Yeah. Because he's such a fun character. He's a fun character. And he's one that a lot of people aren't familiar with. And I think he's, like, I'm not very familiar with Doctor Strange. I've heard of him. But I had never, you know, read the comics or anything like that. And I think a lot of people were pleasantly surprised. I mean, Benedict Cumberbatch did a great job bringing him to life. And Especially he, he got he got that accent under control in the in the <laughs> after the first Doctor Strange movie. Yeah, it, got, it was a little wonky. You know, um, but yeah, no. I a lot of people think he's going to be like the new mentor for Peter Parker. I don't think he's going to be a mentor. I just don't see that as being the strangest no. thing. But I think he's going to help Peter. Yes. And I also think that we may see some alternate reality, alternate universe oh, that stuff. That'd be cool. Uh, because that's kind of what Doctor Strange's movie is going to be about. Uh, I forget what the subtitle of his. And the Multiverse of Madness is Doctor Strange's sequel's subtitle. Scarlet Witch is supposed to be in that one. We have the one the one division show coming out that looks like it also deals with alternate. Oh my universes gosh. And it looks like reality. some sort of weird 1950s horror movie when we watch yeah, the yeah, trailer. Yeah, crazy, crazy trailer for that. It's like, okay. Uh, but they, they got some stuff. Also weird, um, Jamie Foxx is supposed to return as Electro in the Spider-Man 3 movie. Really? That is the rumor. Um, huh. So that leads me to believe that they're going to do some kind of crazy... Um, 
multiversal type of stuff. I mean, wouldn't it be crazy if like we saw Andrew Garfield and like Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man oh in there too? Oh my gosh, that would be nuts. I mean, that would be just wow. just little cameos. I mean, they sort of opened that yeah. up in the Spider-Verse that you could do something like that. And well, the Spider-Verse and that was, animated movie. It was movie. really fun. When, yeah, and it's when we not saw it's that. not MCU, but they they kind of put that yeah. idea into people's well, heads. Well, it was fun when we saw that in um like you said the animated movie. And it would actually be, you know, cuz Spider-Man's gone from Sony to Disney to Marvel to you know, it's bounced back and forth. So it would actually be kind of hilarious to see the different alternate universe Spider-Mans come it together as sort of like a little, you know, ha-ha moment yes. because of all that's been going on between those, you know, three studios. Just to... Because Spider-Verse was so... Into the Spider-Verse was so fun that they, they did a concept it was like fun. that. It would be neat to see that come to in the live-action yeah, Marvel, Marvel I agree. Universe. I think that would be great. And then uh, the one that I know Anne has been just devastated about this one, Avatar 2... <laughs> Uh, Pushed back from December 2021 to December 2022. Oh, still one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Beautiful, but a terrible movie. I just, I just remember I went to see it um, with Buddy and uh, in Salt in 3D, and it was beautiful to look at. Wouldn't say it's my favorite movie of all time, but I was looking forward to seeing it again. And I know that my my friend had really liked it, and we went over to his house to watch it with his wife. And uh, after the movie was over, they were like, oh, what did you think, Anne? And she's like, that was terrible. <laughs> and they, they were just, they didn't, they, they didn't know Their what to say. Their faces were like, uh, I did. I, I will say sometimes I don't mince words. I get that, honestly, from my grandmother. Uh, she could be a very sweet, very, like, proper polite woman but if she if she didn't like something she told you and i don't know what happened i just i couldn't help it i just said it was terrible yeah and just, faces, just kind of blurted it out it just dropped and immediately matt, matt just like grabbed my arm and was like trying not to laugh he was like i couldn't believe i did I couldn't believe it. Because Anne, even though she is brutally honest about things a lot of times. I'm polite and, about and, it sometimes, and, most and, of the time. In polite company, you're usually, your, your yes. manners get the, the yes. better of you. But obviously you did not care for that movie at uh, all. It and it just terrible you couldn't help movie. yourself. Just couldn't help yourself. The only best part about that night was that we got to have ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> that was the only thing I enjoyed about that. And I enjoyed seeing our friends, obviously. Well, of course. It was nice to but see as, them. As far as Avatar goes. As far as the movie goes, no. It was terrible. James Cameron has like plans for like five Avatar movies. And it was like, it's been almost, oh uh, it's gosh. been more than a decade since the other one was released. It's just like, why are we doing this? Oh. Although their, their yeah. ride was pretty cool at uh, Disney World, the... The one that we went on that was the now, little, that was the little boat ride through that Pandora. Little, yeah, that little boat ride thing. And it had like these beautiful LED colored um, like plants and the animatronics were really good. Bugs. The animatronics of amazing. the, what are the people the, called? The, the Navi. Navi. They had like a shaman that was. That was cool. That was very cool. I will say that. It was a very relaxing, like, zen ride. Would you, say, would you say that's the best thing to come out of Avatar, Anne? I, I would say so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the world of Avatar part of Disney was very cool. Yeah. I enjoyed that a lot. I, I wish, wish we could have done the other ride. They have, like, the flight, uh, yeah. flight through Pandora, but whatever But that one was going to take, I think we were going to be waiting for that for, like, ever. Yeah, because we, we tried to see if we could uh, get another fast pass, because they said occasionally mm -hmm. another fast pass will come up or whatever. And we couldn't do it for that one. Yeah. Um, I guess that's kind of like there was another, gosh, I forget what it was called. There was another ride in um, uh, Epcot Center that's kind of a flight type of ride. Soren. 
And yeah. the one guy that we met there talked, and he said that that was his favorite ride, and we didn't go on it. We didn't know anything about it. But see, that's why we have to go back to we Disney. We need to go back. Yes. And we need to just go with ourselves so we can go back and see. Because we had a blast going we, with our oh, family. Yes. Oh, And the kids, oh my gosh. If you've never been to Disney with with kids, it's, it's an it's experience. Great. It's, it's great. wonderful. And just to see their eyes, like, you know, we were on the little bus, you know, that takes you to the park every day. And Riley was sitting there and she was next to me and we could see the castle in the distance. And she, her face was just like, <gasps> it was really cool to, to be there with them. But we didn't get to go. We really went on a lot of, we went on some great rides. We went on some classic rides that, and we loved all the rides, but it's hard. I mean, we had a week but we still had to pick and choose. Yeah, I mean, there's just to get so through. much. But you can see why people go back because oh, there's sure. so much to do. But yeah, we'll ha you and I have to go back. We're we want to spend more time in the Hollywood uh, area, Hollywood Studios, and we do want to do some more of those rides. I would love to do some of those other rides that yes. probably yeah. the kids wouldn't enjoy or <laughs> yeah, <laughs> would be I mean, a little too scared to do. Some of our fast passes were through some of the the event things um, mm -hmm. that I know that the kids and especially Riley enjoyed. But if we could have put a fast pass on like the other Avatar ride, I think that would have been yeah. cool. And we didn't know about Soren. Like we just didn't. Know. When we we did Epcot Center the first day. We had done a lot of traveling. We were tired. Yeah. So we pretty much just did our fast pass stuff. And then that was that I was still it. think one of my favorite rides was the Frozen ride. I really enjoyed that. Frozen ride was really that. good. That was really cool. It was fun. And it was nice and cool as well, which was a <laughs> yeah. relief at that point. <laughs> that one. And then uh, was it? Uh, what one did we do that was uh, the big... Um, Splash Mountain. Oh, yeah, yeah. That yeah. was also another one that felt really nice in there. It was Although nice it made cool. our nephew cry. Oh, yeah. Our nephew, not not our nieces. Yeah. Our nieces were like, hey, hands up. <laughs> Riley had her hands up in the picture. And everybody else was like, ah. We were like completely terrified. And she and was like, And then our nephew just like got his eyes closed. <laughs> that happens. All right. Well, Anne, we're going to get to, uh, we'll get things wrapped up here. Well, probably not because we're going to talk about some stuff. And uh, what are you reading? What are you writing? As we continue to ramble here during the podcast. We're just enjoying ourselves on this podcast. Yeah, it's been a while. Um, been hard to find some time to do it. So um, we have a lot to talk about. Yeah. Let's uh, w wait for the jingle. What are you reading? What are you writing? What are you writing or reading today? And what you didn't see is that I just did jazz hands in the background. We both did. So, Anne, what are you reading? What are you writing? Um, what are you watching? What are you doing? What are you streaming? <laughs> well, I haven't been doing a lot of writing. Shame on me. Well, but, um, neither have I. I have been, as far as like actual reading, um, I am still critically reading uh, Matt's uh, Brock Calhoun book, the um, Brock, also starring Brock Calhoun as himself, which has been quite a joy. I have enjoyed it very much. Uh, there is a uh, singing chocolate chip. <laughs> oh, did, 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 have you gotten the chocolate chip? Oh, good. Uh, he's great. Um, and so, yeah, I've, I've really been enjoying it. And then um, as far as like books I've been listening to, well, <laughs> I had gotten the new uh, Corman Strike book by Robert Galbraith, which is the um, the pen name of J.K. Rowling. She writes under Robert oh, Galbraith. Oh, okay. When okay. she does her mystery novels, the Corman Strike, 
murder mystery novels. Okay, so, I, got I didn't realize that was the series that she did. Yeah. I, I knew that her pseudonym was Robert Galbraith. Yes. So, um, Cormoran Strike, I was reading the new one, Troubled Blood, and it was night, and I was lying in bed listening to this book, and I went to turn it off, and I accidentally deleted it from the library queue, and so now I have to wait for it to come back to me from the library. So, I'm on the waiting list to finish that book. I'm so sorry. But so far, it was really good. Um, and then I tried to read, I was telling Matt, I tried to read um, the Deborah Harkness uh, series, uh, The Discovery of Witches. And I think it's called the, I'm not getting this right, but I think it's called the All Souls Trilogy. Um, but anyway, I started out with A Discovery of Witches, which is also now a show. I think it's on Stars. Stars or Sundance, and it's got Matthew Good, who's very hot, and it's got Teresa Palmer, who's very beautiful, and um, it is actually a pretty good book, but I just really couldn't get into it, because, you know, sometimes when you listen to audiobooks... All Souls, All Souls Trilogy, okay, good. correct. Woo, thank you. Correct. I love, I love it when my husband gives me validation. Um you know, you you sometimes you listen to people and it's great, and other times you're like, mm, "This is I'm just not feeling this," you know, narrator. And the girl that was doing it, she did great voices and stuff because obviously different people have different ask, ac accents. Um, but I just was not getting into it, so I think that might be one that I might try and actually like read read. Um, that might help. Um, sometimes but right it now, does. Yeah, depends on the book. So right now I am reading Moonlight Mile, which is by Dennis Lehane, and I love Dennis Lehane. Um, he is a Boston-born um, mystery thriller novel writer. That's a lot of crime fiction, right? He does a lot yeah. of crime fiction. Um, one of his series that I love... Oh, sorry, how I didn't realize you're under my feet. Um, one of the series that I love is uh, the Patrick Ken uh, Kenzie P.I. novels. And uh, that's actually, there was a movie out um, a number of years ago with Casey Affleck called Gone Baby Gone. And that's one of the movies that was based on a book by Dennis Lehane. He also was the author of Mystic River. That's what which, I was thinking was Mystic River. Yeah, was which came out a number of years ago uh, with uh, Sean Penn. Uh, that was a great book. And so I'm reading this one, and it's a Patrick Kenzie uh, mystery thriller novel and um it's really good i'm enjoying it so and then as far as tv goes um i have been watching a, a show on the bbc called um the coroner which oh <laughs> hey buddy uh which oh howard's needing some love have we been on here too long bud we'll wrap it up we'll, we'll we promise um so howie's a little needy he's not usually like this when we're doing our podcast but he's a little needy today um i've been watching the coroner which has uh claire goose in it and it's really great i've enjoyed it um in britain the coroner um is a judicial official a lawyer um who basically um has medical knowledge and so she helps um the police uh rule on deaths in her hometown and so she's not a just a medical person she actually 
holds the coroner's court, which is how they do it in Britain. So it's really fascinating. I, I really enjoy it. So it's sort of like a mystery series, like a whodunit. Um, but of course, you're following this coroner. And, uh, yeah. and ha- Howard's been watching that with you, right? He has been. And it's so funny because we'll be laying on the couch and Dad will go up to bed and I'll be like, Howie, are you ready to watch The Coroner? And he just kind of looks at me and then he kind of flops over on his side <laughs> and goes to sleep. And it's like, all right, well, that's fine. Now, how, how many seasons are there of that? Um, there are only, I think, two seasons and they actually canceled it. So oh, they're not going to continue with it. But I've enjoyed it. So... I'm going to finish it, and then I'll probably look for another one. They have another se- uh, season of the Dr. Blake mystery, so I might pull that out and watch it. But, yeah, I love British television. <laughs> <laughs> and does love British television. I love it. I love it. My exposure is pretty much Sherlock. So, <laughs> so what about you? What have you been doing, babe? Well, I haven't been doing a lot of writing. Um, I did, you know, do Brock Calhoun. I wrote that fairly quickly and did a bunch of revisions and stuff on it. And then I... Went and started doing a lot of the, what I call the business end of writing, and mm. I've been really doing a lot of query letters and stuff like that. I'll get to that in a bit. Um, I think what I might do is I might self-publish my Omni trilogy of books. It's about a superhero for hire business, but in order to do that, I need to give them a proofread. So I read Omni, um, it's a three-part series, or three-book series. I read through Omni Shadows and Ash, and Omni Peregrine, the sequel, and then the third book, I'm currently working my way through Omni Lights Out. Uh, I already put them out in, I've already set them up in Kindle versions, and um, I've already laid them out in print book versions, but um, before I would actually release them, they need another proofread, and so I've got, I've got, going to have to do some more. Um, Some of the chapters, for some reason, are missing the drop caps at the beginning of the chapters. Mm. Um, You know, I'm finding a few spelling errors and stuff like here, here and there that, that I need to fix before I put it out again um you know what though i mean i don't this is gonna sound awful but there's some really nice little bits of writing here and there in some of those books so sometimes i surprise i guess uh, as hansel would say sometimes i amaze even myself <laughs> um but i really enjoyed that sorry i'm trying to adjust here because mr howard is wanting to be a lapdog right now which he usually he usually bides his time on the day bed during the podcast but i think I think he wants a little bit of attention, so that's fine. Yeah, he doesn't feel good. He needs mommy and daddy, I guess. So I'm about, I think, 40% of the way through Omni Lights Out, which is the third book in the in the series. And it's kind of fun to revisit some of those characters and stuff. And I was actually getting some ideas for some uh, additional books. You want to go over Mama? Here, I'll put you over Mama if you want to see Mama. You got him? Give me a pumpkin. Oh, my baby. And um, then the the book book that I'm going to read next is called Hoax, Donald Trump, Fox News, and the Dangerous Distortion of Truth by Brian Stetler, who's a media commentary guy. Um, He was in newspaper for a while. Now he's um, he's a CNN guy, does reliable sources. Mm -hmm. And it's just about, like, you know, the rise of Fox News Channel and how that's been really devastating for just the idea of truth and how its viewers are just beholden to whatever they say and they don't tell the whole truth about a lot of stuff and how that has evolved over the the years because for a while Fox was definitely conservative but it wouldn't necessarily probably have fallen under propaganda Mm. just kind of a different view of things 
uh, now there's just uh, total, especially their opinion shows, it's just this to- total feel, this total distortion reality field, you know, um, of things. And I actually, I read the foreword for it in the first chapter the other night, and you heard me sigh and just put it aside because <laughs> yes, I was I just did. like, I'm going to need a couple more days before I get back into this because it just makes you so mad. Um, the other thing is uh, we used to have a CBS All Access uh, subscription and uh, we did it to watch the Picard show, which and then, was great, which was wonderful. We loved it, and then um, we wanted to go back. Uh, we'll restart the subscription when when the next season of Picard comes out. But one of my favorite books that I've ever read about the video game industries was called um, Console Wars by Blake J. Harris, and it's about the fight between in the '90s between Nintendo and Sega. And, of course, I mentioned earlier I was a big Sega fan when I was a kid. Uh, They turned the book into a documentary, and it was only available on CBS All Access. So I restarted the subscription and then immediately canceled it, which is essentially renting that program for $5.99. And then if you want to watch anything on CBS All Access until early November, you're more than welcome to because we currently have a subscription for the next month. Um, On a side note... Uh, CBS All Access next year is going to become Paramount Plus. Oh, wow. <laughs> because, you know, we've got Disney Plus and Apple Plus and Hulu Plus. Oh, man. So. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's like another plus. Another plus. And then HBO launched their service, HBO Max. But I guess at least it's Max and not Plus. But still, it's kind of, <laughs> kind of the same idea. Plus. Just add a plus to it. It'll make everything better. Yeah. Uh, but Castle Wars is really interesting. They do some, um, they interview, obviously they, they portray the people at Sega as kind of the heroes and the people at Nintendo as kind of the people that are on their pedestal that need to be knocked off the pedestal because they were the number mm, one gotcha. uh, in the video game realm and then Sega was the upstart challengers. Um, but they kind of did some fun things like they'll do little, they'll tell stories about something and then the interstitials will be sort of in the 16-bit graphic form ah. and they'll do little animations and stuff How like fun. that. So, I mean, obviously I've read the book. I know a lot about the console wars uh, between Sega and Nintendo and kind of all the different things that happened then. Uh, but it's still, I, I'd read the book and, and I'd read a lot of stuff about this before, but it's fun to see the people who lived it uh, talk about it. Especially Tom Kalinske, who became the president of Sega of America and is the one uh, really credited with you know, the mar- helping drive the marketing of the Sega Genesis here in the U.S. and getting it to a point where they actually did get ahead in, not by a ton, but actually did beat Nintendo in market share uh, during the Sega Genesis lifespan because they were super aggressive. And he um, was a Mattel executive for a long time and um, helped reinvigorate the Barbie brand and also helped push He-Man and Masters of the Universe. So um, they he had a pretty good track record. Then they brought him over to Sega of America. Mm. And basically, Sega no longer Sega still exists as a company, but they no longer make hardware. They're only into games and software. They only make um, video games now. They don't produce their own hardware. And um, that may not have been the case, except Sega of America was so successful here in the U.S., and they weren't nearly as successful with the Genesis and stuff, and the, which was the Mega Drive and the rest of the world. Um, but it sounded to me like Sega of Japan got very jealous of Sega of America uh, toward the end of the Genesis's lifespan, 
and made a lot of decisions that were just sort of contrary to what Sake of America wanted to do. Mm. And because Sake of America, who had been promised autonomy, by the way, um, no, was no longer given that autonomy, um, I think they got an undercut by Sega of Japan, and what that ended up leading to was the Rush release of the Sega 32X, the Rush release of the Sega Saturn. Um, they put out the Sega Dreamcast after that, and it was a great system by all accounts. I didn't have one, I didn't play it, um, but I've heard it was a great system that was ahead of its time, but by that time it was just too much water leaking in the boat, and Sega folded out of hardware. And they didn't really get into that too much, but uh, just hearing Tom Kalinske and all those people talk about everything that they did to kind of get under Nintendo's skin and stuff, it was it was really great. Really, really enjoyed that. So it's worth checking out if you're a fan of video games. Of course, I do have a novel uh, that I have written that is based on Sega, the Sega Genesis and, and stuff, and uh, about a bunch of retro YouTubers who get drawn into a Sega Genesis world. I don't think you've read that one yet, but... Um, mm -mm. It's gone through a couple iterations. The secret game that they had been looking for originally was based on the Norm MacDonald movie Dirty Work, and then I decided the timeline didn't work for that, so I decided, and, and it's not a game that you'd make a video game out of anyway, which was kind of the point, but uh, the timeline didn't work out, so I moved it up to Con Air, which was a Nicolas Cage action movie, and then I decided that I would make it The Rock instead. <laughs> so I've, I've got like three different versions of that book um, that I have written. But it's a fun one. I, I probably ought to get that one revisited as well. Now, as I said, I haven't written a lot. I've been sending out a lot of query letters on some of my projects. I just want to give a little bit of stats here. One of my books is called That's No Moon. I've pitched it to several agents over the years. Uh, I've gotten some responses from that book. Uh, a lot of a lot of rejections as well. But I really do believe in the book, so I'm like, I'm going to do one last big thing. I'm going to do a lot of research. I'm going to send it to a bunch of agents. And so as of, like, early July, I've sent out 78 query letters um, for that book. Now, uh, just quickly, if you're a writer and you want to get published by a big publisher, typically speaking, it's not always 100% the case, but typically speaking, you're going to need a literary agent um, in order to, because they have access to the publishers the, and the editors and can pitch your book for you because you usually don't have the chance to do that. So in order to get a, an agent interest in your book, you write what's called a query letter, uh, where you tell them a little bit about your book, um, kind of back page uh, cover summary of your book, a little bit about your writing background. You may be asked to do a synopsis and a writing sample, and um, you email those out. And so I did 78 query letters or sent them out to 78 agents. Um, I have received of those 73 or 78 I've received 23 form rejections, which is thanks but no thanks, and then I have received four manuscript requests for the book, cool. um, which is like a 5% request rate. Um, but you'll notice that out of the 78 queries that I sent out, I have only received 27 total responses. And that's because a lot of agents have a no response means no policy, where yeah. you send your query letter in, and then you sit by your email inbox and wait and wait and wait. And if you don't hear from them for two months, then you just assume that they're passing on your project, which I understand they get a lot of query letters. I understand they get a lot of mean responses from authors whose work that they don't get um, accepted by them and stuff. But I kind of feel that that's a crappy way to do your business, to, to make yeah. somebody wait for two months and then just feel like, oh, well, you know, I guess they didn't want my book. But even though, even, even though that's the case, some of these people also have backlogs that are between four to eight months 
Like, I mean, I sent a, a, I got a rejection on Friday from an agent that I had sent a query letter to in the middle of July. Oh, wow. So that's about a three-month um, time. You know, they're busy people. I get it. Um, but I don't think it should be too hard to just send no on a response and let you know. But uh, anyway, that's, you know, you, you kind of hate to send out query letters because you know that in about 95% of the cases that it's going to be a no. Hmm. But, you know, I had uh, an agent who liked one of them liked my book and asked for a partial response, partial where they requested part of the manuscript, the first 50 pages, and then we will wait to see if they request the full book after reading the first 50 pages of the book. Um, I've gotten to that stage a couple of times um, where they've requested the full manuscript after requesting a sample, and then you get very excited about that because you feel like if they read your first five pages and they like that, and then they read the first 50 pages and they like that, that maybe there's a possibility that they'll read the whole book and like that and want to want to take your book on. I just haven't gotten to that stage yet. But I keep plugging away. I keep plugging away, Ann. So uh, if... if um, That's all you can do. It's all I you mean... can do. I got, I got a few more people who I've sent query letters to um, for a different project that I can send That's No Moon to. And then if I don't get any more bites on it, uh, then I'm just going to close that chapter on that book for a while and start uh, pitching some of my other projects because I do have 20-some novels that I have written since, like, 2010. Wow. So, um, but I, I need to pick a new project. But it's it's that, um, it, it's that you know, you, you got to kind of pick sometimes as to what mm -hmm. you're doing. Uh, when you work full-time, you're not a full-time author. You work a job, and that's your job, and it takes up a lot of your time. And you got a little dog, and you got a family that you got to take care of, too. That means that sometimes you have to make a choice of, do I write something or do I work on the business side of something? And um, so just for the past month or two, I've really concentrated on the business side of things, trying to get the query letters out and pitching some projects and stuff because it's great that I've written 20 novels, but if I don't get them published or I don't get them out there in some fashion, then what is the use? Um, you've got you to gotta pitch your projects. Yeah. So, And I, just, I, I like the Omni series. I think it's really good. I'm not sure that it's something that would interest agents or be sell be able to sell right now. So I think that's something that I may just directly publish myself. I've already laid fun. the books out. I've laid um, I've already done covers for them. I've designed them, so I may as well go ahead and do that. But so that's just kind of an update on the the writing sphere. Um, if anything comes of any of that, I'll be sure to let you know probably three weeks after it happens uh, given <laughs> given the consistency we've done of the podcast lately well at least there's consistency somewhat yeah we, we tried we tried um but yeah uh, anything else and uh, going on and looking forward to or anything oh the colts are three and one. Oh yeah uh, that's they play true. they play the cleveland browns so we'll see if they end up being four and one or three and two it's a that's good exciting it's a good team. they got a couple of their frontline players out though anthony costanzo and darius leonard are both out this week what so. time do they play on sunday oddly enough they play another 425 game hmm. yeah okay i don't really like that because it's okay but it's because of the shift I'm working now, the 4 a.m. shift, in that we'll take Howard for a walk around 3.30 or so. I'll watch the Colts game. After the Colts game is over, we'll take Howard for his night walk, and then it's like time for shower in bed. Mm -hmm. Whereas when they play at 1, you feel you, like, you feel like you've time. had a little more time yeah. in the evening. So, yeah. 
Well, that will wrap it up for this edition of the Matt Adams Podcast, another slam-bang episode. Yes, thank you all for your patience, especially during the barking. And yeah, the with, with Howard and, and, and... Uh, putting up with our stories about our little our little pupper. <laughs> and we'll, we'll give you uh, some Howard updates as well. Uh, but uh, if you want to find me on social media for whatever reason, um, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Statomatty, S-T-A-T-O-M-A-T-T-Y, at Statomatty. Drop me an email, matt at mattadamswriter.com, matt at mattadamswriter.com. And Anne, I, I, where can the people find you again? You can find me wherever Matt is. All right, everybody. Thanks for watching. <laughs> Thank you. Say bye, Howard. Bye, Howard. <laughs> <laughs> bye, people. Bye.